Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Jacob. And welcome to Rookie Rundown, the sports podcast for the casual fan. This week, the Paralympics had its closing ceremony and got all wrapped up. The MLB lockout was unlocked. The March Madness tournament brackets were released. And Tom Brady unretired. Which we called. Yes. Yes, we did. But let's go ahead and start with the Paralympics. Um, Jacob, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed being able to cover the Paralympics this year. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting to follow them this year and stay up to date with the different events that are going on. For sure. The closing ceremonies were on Sunday, March 13th. In final results, the U.S. ended number four in overall medal count and number five in gold medals like just gold medals. Interestingly, China, Ukraine, and Canada were in that order. So China was first, Canada was third in overall medal count and in gold medals. Okay, so who finished fourth in gold medals? I don't know. I didn't check. I only checked where the U.S. was and who was was right, uh, gold through bronze. I mean, all I care about is the sled hockey team. How'd they do? The sled hockey team was victorious. They finished 5-0 to zero against Canada, which is the fourth time in a row they have beaten Canada That's really to win impressive. the gold medal. Yeah. So really exciting for them. Like I said, they are the reigning champs right now. So we should be really proud of our United States sled hockey team. And Oksana Masters, you might remember we talked about her a few episodes ago, earned another gold in women's individual sitting biathlon. Her time was 42 minutes, 17.9 seconds. That's crazy. I don't think I could hit all the targets consecutively like they have to in biathlon in 42 minutes. I can't even ski, so she's so far ahead of me, it's not even funny. Some other golds of note, the para cross-country skiing team won a gold medal in the mixed 4 by 25 kilometer relay. And Brenna Huckabee won gold in women's banked slalom. She was almost not allowed to compete. Why is that? Uh, there was some issue with the Olympic Committee where they didn't want her competing against athletes who were less disabled. Interesting. Um, is how she phrased it in the interview I read. So she had to challenge it, and she was ultimately allowed to compete. She has won gold medals before. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird. It, w- it was a whole thing. I'm not sure I understood it, but luckily she was allowed to compete and won us a gold medal. Yeah, good for her. Now, sadly, the United States curling team that we were hoping to see win a gold medal did not even place. They ended in fifth place. So hopefully by next Olympics, maybe they'll have a shot. Plus, I mean, it's curling. You don't exactly have to be in your prime age to compete at an elite level in curling. Yeah, definitely true. So the Paralympics has come to a close, and the next Paralympics will be March 6th through March 15th in 2026 in Milan and Cortena, Italy. Yeah, the same place as the normal Winter Olympics coming up next, and I'm really excited for them. Yeah, it should be really cool. Pun intended. Yeah, that was that was hilarious, sweetheart. Proud of you. Yeah, thanks. So, Jacob, MLB lockout, what, what do we have going on? Well, it's unlocked. Uh, both metaphorically, the lockout has been unlocked, and also literally the buildings have been unlocked to players now. The ownership and the players' union agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement, and 
I'm just going to preface it by saying as a fan of a small market team, I'm going to read these and really just get sad because it just makes the sport less competitive um, for small market teams. It's going to be a lot harder. So it makes it less competitive, not more competitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How does that work? So it favors the teams who have more money to spend. And if a team is in a small market like Pittsburgh and they can't afford to or their owner is too cheap to spend a lot, we're just going to keep losing. Well, that's sad to hear. So go ahead and tell us, what are the updates? Okay, so they agreed to the following changes. A 12-team postseason with the top two division winners earning first-round buys. So how long was the how many teams made the postseason before this? Well, there were the division winners plus two wildcard teams. Okay. What other changes? Uh, they also added a 45-day window to impose rule changes, and those rule changes will be decided on by a new joint committee beginning in 2023. A universal designated hitter. So there are technically two leagues in Major League Baseball, the American League and the National League. And in the National League, your pitcher has to bat, but in the American League, you can sub somebody in to bat in place for them called the designated hitter. And they're implementing that in both leagues. Oh, that's an interesting change. In addition, they added a six-team draft lottery. So this means that the bottom six teams will have, you know, put on like a ping-pong ball. And they're pulled out to see who gets the first pick in the draft. So this is an attempt to discourage teams from deliberately losing games. Oh, okay. So that could benefit a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates. No, it just means when they suck and lose a bunch, they will not automatically get rewarded for sucking. Okay. Anyways, they have also added a couple of changes that are uh, aimed at limiting service time manipulation. So in MLB, you can keep players at a like within your team control by them technically not playing enough time in the major leagues to qualify as that being a year so in baseball players are controlled by the teams for you know x amount of years and so teams can manipulate how long they're up and when they're up in order to avoid losing another year of control of them so a full year of service time will be awarded to players who finish within the top two in the rookie of the year voting and draft picks will be awarded to teams that promote players on opening day who finish among the top vote-getters for major awards. Okay, I'm going to need you to explain all of that. Can you can you dumb it down for me? Yeah, so basically if a team has a player who does really well and people think they did really well and they finish well in the rookie of the year voting, then they qualify as one year of team control, so they're like a year sooner to getting to free agency. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's and that's good for younger players. It encourages teams to draft or to have their draft picks start opening day because they will get additional draft picks if those players do well and win major awards. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. And the last thing that is noted is that there will be additional advertising through patches on jerseys and decals on the helmets. This isn't really a surprise. American sports leagues are really the only sports leagues where the jerseys aren't basically billboards. Great. Lucky us that we have that to look forward to now. Yep. I mean, the MLB and the hockey ones are all really small. 
So you really don't notice it. So I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. Okay. So I'm not hearing anything about the salary cap, which is what I thought they were arguing about. No, it's just what everybody hoped they would argue because realistically, in order for baseball to be competitive, it needs to promote the teams that are in all of its markets. And right now, they're just getting greedy and they are going to destroy the sport in the long term. Wow. Well, that was a very dark note. Yep. On a similarly dark note, uh, not quite as a fire and hot mess, but not good either. Naomi Osaka, the Japanese tennis player who became popular recently in the news um, for beating Serena Williams, she was competing at Indian Wells, California at the PNB Paribas Open and was heckled to tears by a spectator. This is the same place where Venus and Serena Williams and their uh, dad, Richard, allegedly faced racial abuse in 2001, and Serena did not play there again until 2015. Um, she notably did not make it far in the tournament due to a knee injury, but she has since played there again. The reason this made headlines was because, allegedly, what the hecklers were saying was not a racial slur. They were just saying, you suck. I'm just going to say it. I've said a lot worse to referees at games. Yes. What Naomi said about it is that while the words might not have been the same words that were said to Venus and Serena Williams, she was thinking about what was said to Venus and Serena Williams when they were there. And so she was was thinking rattled. of those things. Yeah, and rattled. And it is worth noting that the culture of professional tennis is not one where heckling is normally a major part of it. Yeah, it's kind of like a really polite... It's like golf. Yeah, one one of the articles I read about this described it as when you go to a symphony concert as opposed to a rock concert, the behaviors are different. And so this heckling was as if someone went to an orchestra concert and was acting like they were at a rock concert. Yeah, that is a good equivalency. Yeah, and so we've seen it in the news. I don't personally have a strong opinion either way. Um, I could see the argument about people thinking heckling is part of sports, which I don't necessarily it's part think of my it experience be. when I go to sports games. Yeah, but I, I can also see why that would rattle Naomi. Yes, oh. I totally can as well, especially given the context of the location and the history there. Yes, and she's very young. Naomi is actually younger than I am by several months, and there's a lot of pressure on her to succeed right now. So a lot of things just going on for her. Hopefully we see some more about her in the news, um, overcoming this negative PR, because quite frankly... That's what it is. The headlines are making it seem like she is totally ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the media doesn't like her because she basically told them she doesn't have to talk to them if she doesn't want to. Exactly. So they don't like her. It's in, they want to make her look bad. Yeah, so hopefully we see her overcoming this. She's a really incredible athlete, and I'm really excited to see what else she can do. Yeah, I mean, she's an elite tennis player, and she's gotten to where she is out of her own ability. Uh, there's no mistake. Yeah, so Jacob, tell us some brighter news. This, this yeah, was a little dark. Speaking out of people who got there out of somebody else's ability, uh, the March Madness tournament brackets were released today. Uh, well, today as in the day of this recording, uh, which is Selection Sunday. 
The first note is an update to the college basketball news we talked about in our last episode. The Louisiana State University coach uh, for men's basketball, Will Wade, was in fact fired for cause, along with associate head coach Wilson Bill Armstrong. Now, I know I was there when you said what happened, but could you just remind me? Basically, he was wrapped up in the initial investigation by the FBI into paying college players to go to certain schools. And the word on the street is that this has progressed and Louisiana State was presented with some more evidence and sufficient evidence to fire him for cause. My goodness. Yeah, so definitely something serious there. But anyways, the uh, number one seeds in the men's tournament are Gonzaga University, Baylor University, University of Kansas, and Arizona. There was not a whole lot of bid robbing this year, so bid robbing is when a team who otherwise would not have gone into the tournament makes a surprise run through their conference tournament to get the automatic qualifying bid for their conference. In past years, specifically last year, there were a couple teams, uh, such as Oregon State, who unexpectedly won their conference tournament and bumped other teams out. The only notable exception this year was that Richmond won the Atlantic 10 conference tournament, and fellow Atlantic 10 conference member Dayton, uh, who lost to Richmond in the conference tournament, uh, was pushed out. Because had Richmond not made it in, Dayton would have. And they were listed by the committee as the first team out of the tournament, which is actually important because if a team in the tournament has a COVID issue, Dayton will be slotted in as the first team to replace them. Wow. So still some hope for Dayton. Not much, but some. Yeah, some. And on the women's side, the number one overall seeds are South Carolina, which is the number one overall seed. So out of the number one seeds are the best. Uh, Louisville, Stanford, and North Carolina State. Wow, interesting. A lot of East Coast. No California there. Well, Stanford is California. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) So the teams that you're saying are the teams that you thought would make it. Yeah, they are. I'm kind of surprised that Baylor got a one seed uh, because they lost relatively early. Well, they lost their first game in their conference tournament. Um, But they're coming off of a, a pretty dominant season overall. So I guess I'm not entirely surprised that they ended up being in that top four grouping. Yeah, now in this household, we will be cheering for Baylor. Yes, and Iowa State. And Iowa State. Um, Jacob went to Iowa State for a couple of years, and his cousin goes to Baylor. So if you want our opinions, that's who we're cheering for in this house. Yeah, we'll do another episode on how to fill out your tournament brackets. We'll probably do a special episode for that, uh, just so we can talk through some of the things to look for and also how to present that to your coworkers. that'd be great because i already got an email from cbs about yeah mm-hmm. about filling out they're a all over it yeah they want you they want you there speaking of people who are still here <laughs> uh, tom brady noted nfl quarterback has unretired he says he couldn't stay away shocker we called this we did actually call this in fact the man in the kroger parking lot who approached me and told me that Tom Brady was going to unretire was correct. However, he is still on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this man told me he would come to the Steelers. No, there's still time. There's still time, but it would take a king's ransom for him to come to the Steelers. Now, Tom Brady, he's getting pretty old. He's 45. 45? I thought it was 44. I think he's 45. Either way, 
Uh, my dude needs to be careful about doing permanent damage to his body. He is 44. My favorite, my favorite comments on this are like, Tom Brady had to go to the school pickup line for six weeks and automatically decided he wanted to go back to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I also saw one like, uh, Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, made him go to Whole Foods on a Sunday, and he decided he never wanted another Sunday at home. It's just some funny ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't, instead of unretiring, get into, like, oh, what do they call the narrator? Broadcasting? Yeah, broadcasting. He, he would have been a really popular one. He would have been a good broadcaster, but I think, you know, he's coming off one of the best years of his career in terms of his individual performance, and I think he just realized, like, he has enough left in the tank, and he wants to give it another shot. Well, prayers that his body makes it out to the other end alive. Yeah, I mean, he's really only had one career injury that was, you know, really bad. So the odds are not in his favor. No. So Tom Brady in our thoughts and prayers. Speaking of things we're praying for, the warm weather is returning. So for our final play segment, Allie, what backyard game are you looking forward to most as the weather warms up again? Now, this is difficult. I like playing sand volleyball. I'm not good at it, but I like playing it uh, I would consider that a backyard sport but also ladder ball also not good at that like just in general not good at any sport really but That's I really I think ladder ball is really fun you're very good at basketball you're good at playing defense and fouling yeah it is true that's the only thing I can do in basketball I cannot shoot I cannot dribble but I can really stand in front of someone and take up space <laughs> But yeah, so I would say ladder ball and sand volleyball. What about you, Jacob? This is tough. I really like spike ball, and I really like can jam, and I really like cornhole. So I think what I'm actually, which one of those I'm looking forward to most would probably be spike ball. I think that one's grown a lot, and I really enjoy playing that uh, with multiple groups of my friends. It's just a fun 2v2 game, and I like the kind of volleyball aspect, but also the backyard flexibility of it. Some people go way too hard. And when it comes to spike ball, but I just like playing it casually. I'm going to be honest. I've never played it before, but also I don't believe you when you say you don't play it competitively. Because you're oh, no, of... I'm very competitive, but some people, you know, they they just, they try hard it. Also, did you say something about candle wind? Can jam? Can jam? What is can jam? Can jam is uh, basically a frisbee cornhole. What? So it's like a barrel with a slot in it, and the top of the barrel is open, and you throw the Frisbee, like there's two two cans, and you're standing by one, and your partner's standing by the other, and you throw it, and they're trying to deflect it so it hits the can. So if it hits the can, it's one point. If it goes in the top of the barrel, it's three points. If it hits the can unassisted, like your partner doesn't have to push past it and hit the can, that's two points. And if it goes in the slot in the front of the can, you automatically win. I've never heard of this game ever in my whole life. It's a ton of fun. Okay. I believe you. We'll have to get it out sometime this year. You can buy it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, dear listeners, please know that apparently there's such thing as can jam and supposedly it's fun. It is a ton of fun. Let us know on social media if you've heard about this. I think you will get a lot more replies than you think. I don't believe you. <laughs> I. It's a fairly popular game maybe it's an east coast thing it's been around at least since i was in middle school that wasn't that long ago jacob well that's like 10 years eight, yeah eight or 10 years 
Yeah, that's not that long in the scheme of things. That's like eight or ten summers. You haven't seen anybody play Can Jam? No. That's sus. No, you're sus. Whatever. Yeah. Well, don't forget, find us on social media on Twitter at Rookie underscore Rundown or on Facebook at Rookie Rundown Pod. Let us know if you've heard of Can Jam. Bonus points if you have a picture to prove you're not just taking Jacob's side. And uh, new episodes are released on Monday and Friday mornings wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to keep sports simple, stupid.